0: You're listening to Siren Radio. This is Andrew David. We have to say that for all sorts of very complicated reasons, and I'm not going to go into it because you'll get very bored, um, we're actually recording this week's edition of American Cousins at 15.32, according to the clock on my computer, on Wednesday, the 16th of February. So anything that we say in the next half hour or so Take it in that context, but loads of stuff to talk about because it is time to press the buttons, make the connections, open the door and see whether there is a loveliness, which is Bruce K. Rosenblum. And there he is. Bruce, welcome to Siren Radio.
1: Oh, it's great to be back, Andrew. Uh, nice speaking with you. How's the weather there today? It's, uh, it's freezing cold here after a 100-degree weekend.
0: It's funny you should ask about the weather because um, it's actually going downhill rapidly here, although you and I have, in our pre-chat, both got the same weather app on our phone, and we've compared and contrasted temperatures, and I believe the temperatures, it's super mild here, are warmer here in Lincolnshire at 55 Fahrenheit than they presently are with you guys in the glory that is Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, we're at 43
0: Fahrenheit going up to 66 today. Oh, well, we won't get that. We're, we're Basically, 55 is as best as we're going to get. And we've got big winds. We've got two big name storms. One's called Dudley. Now, Dudley is the name, is, is, is a man's name. It's also the name of a place uh, in a place called Birmingham, which is on the uh, the west side. It's the, in the West Midlands, and there they pronounce it Dudloy. And the other thing is the second storm is named after my mother-in-law because the second storm this week is going to be called Eunice. And <laughs> we've been pulling a leg all week. Anyway, Bruce, how are you? We're going to talk about your, your fitness and health later on, the last thing, because today is a very big day for you. So if you're ready, let, let's look at the things that you've, you've come up with. With, including, an utterly fascinating aspect of the 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 fallout from COVID, which I think you're calling or is being called social disengagement. Take us through that.
1: Yeah, I will. But you know, you mentioned the name Birmingham, right? Oh yeah. Go on. <laughs> and um, it, it reminds me of a of a of a song I used to. I mean, a band that I liked. I don't remember the name of the band, but uh, they did a song. It was a British band. It was called the, the song was called Easy Living. Yeah and uh, there was a live version of it and at the beginning of before they get into the song the the one of the lead singer yells friday night in birmingham and every time i hear that it brings me back to that recording i hear that so you just you just took me back to my my college days
0: oh i'm i'm, I'm so glad about that
1: it's a very popular band it was a very popular band and the song was a, a big hit for a long time and i just it's just the i'm it blocks it, – I'm just blocked is what it, what it was, but it'll it'll come to me at 3 in the morning and I'll call you.
0: Yeah, thank you. You've, you you'll uh, have a, what we call an earworm. You'll yeah, be hearing I, that. I hear that.
1: Every <laughs> time I hear the name Birmingham, it, it reminds me of that song in the opening. But anyway, yes, we're talking about social disengagement, which is an interesting term. But it's, um, it's part of a uh, – I guess – over the two years of the the pandemic now that we've been kind of locked down here in the United States, trying to stay safe and socially distance and wear masks. And the big thing that kind of that stands out over these last two years, and it kind of goes against the grain, is that traffic deaths by crash or pedestrian are on the rise in this country significantly. And you say to yourself, well, how, you know, how is that? When everything was so shut down for so long and, and, and quite honestly, it was a pleasure to drive because mm-hmm. nobody was on the roadways. People were working from home. People were staying in. And yet their traffic accidents, which had been on the decline and at their lowest levels, you know, from the 1960s down to, you know, the beginning of 2019 were down. Per capita now, over the last two years, traffic deaths are up about 17.5%. Goodness. And it's, um, it, it's, 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 it's tied really directly to, to the pandemic, believe it or not. And, um, and, and what they're saying is that, you know, after two years of, of kind of locking down and not being able to do the things that we want to do, right? because we have to wear masks and we have to socially distance and we can't send our kids to school. What happens? You get angry, right? And this anger builds up. So what happens when you, when you get into your car, um, you know, that that anger has to come out somewhere that anger creates this energy. And how do you relieve that energy? Well, when you're on roadways and freeways where there's very few people around you kind of get a little bit brave, and you and you put your pedal to the metal, and you start to go a little bit faster. Goodness! And um, and and what's happened is that a lot of these accidents, the drivers have also been found to have opioids or even marijuana in in their systems. I mean, opioid use over the past two years is pretty much. They said from from this summer to the summer previous, it was up a hundred percent drivers using opioids and fifty percent drivers using marijuana. So it's understandable that if your speed rate is your rate of speed is increasing and your drug uses is, is increasing, that the chances of crashing or or pedestrian deaths were going are going to rise. And that's exactly what what's what's happened. And uh it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, there's other factors that contribute to, to crashes, like, you know, the size of vehicles that are so, there's so much bigger, these big SUVs, these heavy trucks. Yeah. When you get into yeah. an accident, you know, it, it causes some damage. And when drivers are distracted by being on their cell phones or texting or whatever they're doing, you know, you know, those are the typical kinds of things that happen. But, but you add all these other factors, the speed and the, and the drug use and the anger and all of a sudden you've got, you've got trends that nobody really saw coming or expected. And it's crazy. And you would think that with, you know, that these crashes and these deaths would be equal opportunity, uh, kind of things where it would be that the, the pattern would be spread out evenly across socioeconomic and, and, and racial groups. And that's not the case. Um, the, the, the majority tend to be, um, uh, people of color, people from, from low income areas. Um, why? Well, a lot of the people that are out on the roadways are the essential workers and they tend to be people of color and they tend to be people that, that needed to work. Um, the pedestrian deaths are caused, you know, a lot of them are, are, are involved with people of color because they're happening in areas where the, the roads are bad. There's no crosswalks. Um, they have a poorer quality of vehicle because they can't afford a, a, a newer, safer vehicle. And um, the amount, um, the 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 amount of um, accidents and deaths for 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 people of color, uh, particularly Black Americans, while the U- overall U.S. traffic deaths rose 7.2 percent in 2020 it was 23% for for black americans and again uh, essential workers who couldn't stay home and work remotely are disproportionately black um and in many cases the the, the 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 black uh uh population can't afford uh motor vehicles and so they do a lot of walking and they take they take the bus systems and they're and they're vulnerable especially if they're walking in areas where crosswalks aren't available and and people aren't paying attention to to what's happening on the roadway. So, it's 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 a really dis- and, and then on top of that, um, learning losses have been um, they have been part of this social disengagement as well, because the kids, particularly um, black and Latino children, um, they a lot of them attend more high poverty schools, and so there's more cases of drug overdoses and suicides in these areas. Among these kids and, and they're, and they're having a, a lot of, a lot more trouble, you know, socially engaging. So, you know, you, you add, you, you add all these things together and it's, it's just, a vicious it's circle, cycle, isn't it? It's, yeah, a, it's a vicious cycle, story. but it's a, it's a perfect storm of, 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 of these, of these things that have all come together to create, you know, what they call this social disengagement. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really a shame. You know, you have these children and kids wearing masks all day long. Uh, it's it 's widespread frustration among these people that they can't they can't socially interact and you know the the biggest fear now is you know everybody 's been clamoring to get back to normal for so long but but really what what is the new normal going to be? Are people going to really and you know, the biggest concern now is will people really be able to cope with with getting back to more normal times will that still you know, provide the kind of pleasure and support and comfort that people need when they've been re- behaving so badly towards each other, have been taking out their frustrations on the roadways. You know, crime is up in this in this country a lot. You hear about all these um, smash and grab robberies at, at, at malls, um, tourists, you know, attacked and robbed um, when they when they're when they're coming in to visit, particularly um you know, was was noticeable in Los Angeles during the Super Bowl week. Um, so crime is up, car accidents. I mean, it's 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 you know, when you stop to think about it, you you go, wow, you know, it, 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 this is right. This really is happening, and it seems to be happening. You know, just as these trends say, in in areas where there's high poverty, um, you know, the lower income people, have, where, where where there's pockets of people of color. So not only did the did the, the disease Itself did not only did the pandemic attack people of color because of their inability to get you know to to the, the proper medical care and because they didn't they weren't able to afford um, the the kind of health insurance that others that others have. Not only did the pandemic take its toll on taking those lives, but now you've got this this concept of social uh, disengagement where. Now people taking out their frustrations and their anger in their cars, and by and by, you know, taking their access to drugs is 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 it's like a double whammy, and it's um you know it's an interesting trend, but it's also very disturbing. And you know, what do you do about it?
0: Which <laughs> and, and that's exactly the point. What do you what do, do about you do it? About it? Uh, because uh, we're because all desperately trying to get, to, try to get back to a new normal. normal. We don't really know what that new normal is going to look like. Um, Uh, particularly in our industry in the broadcasting industry many many companies are continuing to work remotely because um, it's it actually, in some senses, for people who are in creative industries, it's sometimes a lot easier to work on your own uh, as long as you've got decent broadband connections. Uh, so it is going to be fascinating and thank you for opening that up because I'm sure it will trigger a huge amount of discussion may already have done. I haven't seen any figures, comparable figures in the UK. But the other thing that's ex- exercising us at the moment um, is something which would normally bring pride and happiness, which is the Olympics and the Winter Olympics. But um, you want to open the discussion on the the troubles surrounding a rush, the Russian skater, the young, fifteen year old Russian skater, and one of your own um, athletes who um, hit the same sort of buffer stops.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it wouldn't be the, an Olympic year without Olympic controversy. There's always there's always something. It's always, you know, while the Olympics tries to unite the world and and compete, you know, as is you know uh, just human against human by stripping any kind of race or or country or whatever that, you know, it does boil down to countries and it does become a competition to who wins more medals. And you look at the superpowers and it becomes political. And then you look at what happened at the beginning of these Olympics with Putin and and Xi and uh, the statements, you know, the U S decided not to to send its diplomatic team to China because of human rights. So politics does enter it. There's always some kind of controversy and, and with what Russia's doing at the Ukraine border kind of makes things even more dicey. Um, yeah, so it's always something, but, but, um, again, and, and when it, when, and when Russia and some of the Eastern Bloc countries are concerned, there's always questions about doping and yeah. are they winning, you know, are, are, are athletes training, you know, by following the rules and, and not using the kind of an enhancements that they can. You know um through you know drugs or medications or whatever and um and yet there' always there's always someone that tries to beat the system and you know and 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 use it to their advantage and again you know and again this is popped up during the you know this olympics but it's it's interesting this time this one involves the fifteen year old skater from Russia who was um I guess disqualified because some kind of a heart medication showed up, um, which was a, which is a banned substance and it's a medication that apparently affects and, you know, enhances endurance and strength and whatever. And she's a 15 year old girl. So, um, so her, her, her tests came back and she was disqualified, but then the Russian Olympic committee appealed that disqualification. Um, it was, it was, she w- it was then reviewed and then she, they said because of her age, she, she was kind of in a protected status and she was reinstated. And, um, and then I think she actually won. Uh, the-
0: She's certainly been doing very well.
1: Yeah, she did very well and she meddled in which now is created a more of a controversy because now, you know, the, 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 the story shifts to she accidentally took her grandfather's heart medication. Well, how to, do, how does a 15 year old accidentally take her grandfather's you know, heart medication? They they packed his heart medication in her, her sports bag and she took it. I mean, it, it, the whole thing sounds fishy to me. And it's just, you know, part of a long line of, um, of scandals surrounding, um, and, you know, enhancers for athletes, particularly those coming out of Russia. Um, and so now what happens is that because it's still under investigation and she actually medaled, I think they're putting the medal ceremonies and the awarding of medals on hold until this whole thing gets figured out. So, you know, everybody else has to pay the price for this, for this nonsense. And um, for her to be, to be reinstated is, is, is dicey. As I say, we'll see where it ends up, but, what ended up happening is that the United States for this in the summer Olympics had a track star named Shikari Richardson and Shikari Richardson. She tested when she tested, um, there was some evidence of marijuana in her system. And so she was disqualified and left the U S Olympic team. Now she was a favorite to win a medal in track. Mm-hmm. She was like, she's like one of the fastest women in the world. And, 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 you know, her four years of training went down the drain in 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 a heartbeat um because she admittedly smoked a little bit of marijuana to kind of help her get through her the passing of her grandmother and she owned up to it and she admitted it now if you look at the two the two substances that were that were found in these people, marijuana is not going to make you run faster and jump higher if anything it'll slow you down make you chew. But this particular heart medication is just the opposite. It's an, it's a, an endurance enhancer and amongst other things. <clears throat> and so, you know, she, so Shikari Richardson is asking, and quite legitimately, you know, why she was banned from the Olympics when a, when a Russian gets the pass. And, but, you know, as tends to happen, Shikari Richardson is a, a, an athlete of color and she's saying it's a it's now kind of a race-based thing. You know, is it, is it, is she, was she disqualified now not getting a pass because she was a black, she's a young black woman. So that goes into a whole new, new territory. I mean, it's, so it's kind of a two part problem in a way in that, she, you know, if, if this young gal is getting a pass to skate, why couldn't Shakari Richardson get a pass to, to run, you know, and, and get retested? Um, but now, you know, they bring, they bring race into it. It becomes, you know, becomes part B to this. So while I, you know, while I support her and, 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 and say that, yes, it's a legitimate question. Why does one girl get a pass and the other one doesn't? Um, I don't, you know, it's, it becomes, it becomes dicey and it's a road that we don't want to go down to on this show right now to, to decide whether, You know, we don't know what the mindset and the thinking was, I mean, but it becomes, (laughs) uh, it becomes the. No, they they, they they pull out the race card, and then it becomes a whole other issue. It
0: does throw up a whole range of questions. And whilst we've been chatting, I wondered whether somewhere I could find what the Olympic values were. Um, and some of the sites show me what they were in Greek, which is absolutely no good to me. Uh, if Dr. Pickerton were on the line, he'd be able to translate it for us. But, and of course, he's our North North Wales correspondent. But I found out what uh, from the the modern Olympic what the three values are. And you'll be fascinated about this, and, and it does feed into what you've been talking about the three values of olympism as it's called are simply excellence friendship and the third one respect yeah and i just think three words that actually we can apply not just to the olympics but life in general but you know what you've just talked about we're not making any judgment calls but what you talked about seems a million miles away from excellence friendship and mm-hmm. respect. I'm reminded of um, the wonderful film uh, Chariots of Fire* uh, many, many years ago, um, which involved um, uh, Scottish runners, and he wouldn't run on a Sunday. It was it was fascinating. But there, there was an essence, a sense of excellent friendship and respect. This goes back to um, the early part of the 20th century. But uh, you've also got a, a slightly tangential line on it because. Um, Nikki Haley, um, your yeah. potential presidential uh, candidate, has thrown another um, curveball into the mix. Right. So the, the Olympics takes another
1: turn, a more political turn here in the United States where um, potential presidential candidate Nikki Haley, who was a former ambassador to the UN under Trump and then broke from Trump. Um, is now been, you know, making around. She was out here at the Reagan Library not too long ago doing a, doing a speech and kind of planting her flag in the ground for her run for, for president, although it remains to be seen if she'll drum up any support. But she's using the Olympics as kind of a wedge against the Biden administration, attacking their decision not to send the diplomatic corps. She said that China didn't really care about whether Biden showed up at all. He just wanted the athletes there. And she's, um, you know, saying it's kind of hypocritical that the White House is lit up in red, white and blue to support our athletes in China while they, they didn't go. And she was kind of insinuating that we probably should have boycotted the Olympics altogether. If we were going to take that stand against the human rights issues that we shouldn't have sent the team. But you know, the United States went down that road in 1980 when we, when Jimmy Carter boycotted the Olympics that were being held in Moscow. And, and, you know, you know, I, I, I get it. I get the message that they want to send. Does it really have any, um, impact? Most likely not. And what does it end up doing? It ends up taking people who have worked for you, who've sacrificed four years of their lives, their incomes and their blood, sweat and tears to compete and represent the United States. Uh, Although many do it for, you know the the eventual outcome of endorsements and medals and money, but many still do it for the pure sport and uh, of it all. Is it really fair to those people to to boycott and take take what they've been working for for so long away from them?
0: Absolutely. And
1: and, and what you've got in this situation that she's where she's really um <clears throat> making an issue out of is that there was a, a a Chinese girl from San Francisco whose mother was from China. This girl was born in the United States, but she's skiing for the Chinese ski team, and oh she uh, and and she chose to she chose to do that in in light of this this diplomatic boycott and, and the human you know rights issues that are going on because you know uh, for whatever reasons that she wanted to compete for China she did now when when something like that happens generally people will compete for another country if their um their lineage dictates that they are eligible to do so. So you have Americans here who compete for Canada, you have Americans who compete for Australia, you have American um baseball players who play on the Israeli baseball team. The American the, the Israeli baseball team is loaded with American kids that could not make the baseball team here but get a chance to to represent Israel because of the their qualifications and they can compete and they have a chance to win a medal. And you know, and and to me, I mean that that becomes a little dicey too when they do that. But I understand, you know, the, the people want just a, a a chance. They want to find an opport They want an opportunity. Yeah. And in America, it's if you can't get it, and you have the opportunity to 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 represent um, a country of your lineage, then you know, okay, so so be it. And that's what and that's what this gal did. She's she's, you know, it, it happens to be China, which is controversial in itself, but. You know, I think she won some medals for China. She has rich endorsement deals as a result of that. So she, so she parlayed it into winning a medal and she parlayed it into making money. And, and, which is what a lot of these athletes do anyway. I mean, a lot of these American medal winners are going to come back and you're going to see them on the box of Wheaties and you're going to see them doing car commercials and all sorts of stuff. And they're already doing it anyway, but they're going to be doing it for more money and they're going to be doing it for more exposure. So, so for for Nikki Haley to pick on this girl, um, probably just because it was it happens to be China, and 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 that's and that's why and it's she, an easy she, target. Yes. Yeah, she's an easy target. So it's it's in a way it's kind of unfair. In a way, I mean, in a way, you know, w- was is China the you know the right country to want to represent, um, especially with with what's with the with the so-called tensions between China and the United States. Maybe not, but, you know, if, if, if your true desire is to participate in the Olympics and you can't do it in the United States and you're going to get an opportunity to do it somewhere else, then, then I, then, I mean, the accepted norm over the past number of Olympics is to be, to be able to be allowed to do that. But to be made, to be, to be, but to be put under the microscope and, 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 and become a target of somebody's political ambitions, I, I just don't think that's fair. And I and I and and you know say what you will about it, um, you know and t- until you've been in, in that athlete shoes and you've sacrificed four years of your life to compete, and you can't do it in the United States, and you have an opportunity to do it elsewhere, then 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 you know and it's an accepted norm, then why not be able to do it and why and why be the and why be the target of somebody's political ambitions as a result of that? So that that's that's kind of you know
0: well let 's no, no, no let 's just remind ourselves of those olympism uh, values excellence, friendship, and respect. Now was that evident with the big sporting event? On the weekend, the uh, uh, the the big Super bowly thing, with all the <laughs> razzmatazz and the 100 degrees Celsius uh, Fahrenheit, which it was a bit of a scorcher. It looks like it was a good game, and it looks like from your perspective, the right team won. Now, don't get overly excited because you've got your big physical today. We'll talk about that in a minute, but just a couple of minutes. We've we've got to recognise that um, your boys did it.
1: Yeah, well, let me tell you something about the Super Bowl this year. Um, you're right. It, you, you talk about those, those values. And I must say, those values, I think, were on display, um, from the athletes, from both teams, um, from the, from the, from from the get-go. And I think this was a different type of Super Bowl hype than previous years because of, I think, the friendship, the respect. And in such, the game was, was a Pretty, for the most part, pretty clean. And yes, Los Angeles won and it lived up to the hype and it, and it, they they said it would go down to the last team who had, the team who had the ball last would be the team that would win. And that almost, that was almost how it ended. Um, the respect these players had for each other, the interviews that the Rams players gave after the Los Angeles won the game were thoughtful and respectful. And nobody was rubbing it in anybody's face. I mean, it was a hard fought, clean game. Very few mistakes made by, <clears throat> in terms of penalties made by both players, by both teams. Now, the referees blew some calls. That always happens. Oops. But I think they were evened out. I mean, you know, it didn't, uh, you know, the, the, the Bengals got a touchdown on a, on a, on a no call. There was a, a play where the receiver caught the ball and ran for a touchdown, but before that had, Grabbed the face mask of, of the defender and he fell to the ground. That should have been a penalty, but it wasn't called. And then later on in the game, there was a, a dicey penalty called against the Bengals, which helped the Rams get a touchdown. So it kind of evens out. You know, people say, Oh, it's all fixed and this, but you know, you don't, the referees have no idea what plays are going to come up and how it's going to be called. So I think that's ludicrous, but the referee, the, the refereeing was good. I think for the most part, each team got, got some breaks because of the refs. Each team had some great things that they did. Each team had some very poor things that they did. Um, but at the end of the day, it was a, like a heavyweight fight, and it went down to that last second of that last round. Wonderful. And the Rams had a they, – they couldn't run the ball at all, but they had a great passing attack. And at the end, they put together a 16-play drive, went all the way down the field, scored and with a minute and a half left, gave the ball back to Cincinnati. It was 23-20. to 20. Now all Cincinnati had to do was get down the field enough to kick a field goal mm-hmm. which would have given them 3 points and sent the game to overtime. Um and they got the ball and they had a a, a really good play and it looked like oh my god they're going to come down and they're going to they're going to just get the field goal and we're going to overtime. But the Rams players stepped up. Um one guy in particular Aaron Donald who is like the best defensive player in the nat- in the football National Football League made some unbelievable plays the last two plays to stop the Cincinnati Bengals from from getting their first down and being able to move the ball up the field to get that field goal he st- he single-handedly stopped stopped them on two plays two outstanding plays which turned the ball back over to the Rams and time ran out and we won the game now everybody's questioning whether the the play calling should have been different and blah 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 but when you're in that moment and things are unfolding it's you know it is what it is. And the Rams were able to pull off this miraculous comeback um, and, and and do it. And the culture that the Rams have created is, is really no nonsense. It's, it's inclusive. And, you know, one of the players on the Rams was given the – won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for his outstanding character and what he does in the community. And so – you know that's the kind of that's the kind of mentality these Rams players went into the game with, and that's the kind of interviews and thoughtfulness you saw it. You know, afterwards, nothing but respect, nothing but good sport. I mean, it was great sportsmanship. They had the quarterback Matthew Stafford of the Rams mic'd up after the game, and he went over to the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, and you could hear their conversation, and it was just, you know, it, it was sportsmanship and respect at its finest. You know, he told him, continue to be who you are. You're going to have a great career in the NFL. You're an outstanding, you know, you're outstanding. Keep, you know, just keep it up. And it was just, you know, it's nice to hear players, you know, as soon as the the, the whistle blows and the game is over, the respect they have, the camaraderie that they have, it's it's really nice to see.
0: Absolutely. And, uh,
1: you know, so so we're having a big parade here in Los Angeles today for the Rams <laughs> and uh going to excite. I mean, Los Angeles has been lucky in the last two years. We had the Lakers win the basketball championship. The Dodgers won a baseball World Series championship. And now the Rams won the football championship. So, you know, L.A. is feeling pretty good considering, you know, all we've been through with COVID and the lockdown and and all the nonsense yeah, It's 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 a really it's really nice to be, you know, to be in a place where people are kind of feeling good about the, the teams and the teams have really done a, a heck of a lot. They give so much back to the community. So it's it's um it, it's really great. It's a really nice okay. thing.
0: OK, calm. Now start breathing. We've got <sighs> into the zone. We've got to get you down from your super excitement with the Rams and the Dodgers and everybody else. Let's talk about what's happening to you today. It is Wednesday. We're recording this a day early Wednesday, the 16th of February, just turning four o'clock. You have, is it day whatever it is, day 28. You've got the the big plug-in. They're going to have a look at your innards, aren't they?
1: Right. Well, actually, if we would have done the show tomorrow, I would have been able to report to you how this experience went. But because we're doing it today in, uh, at 2.30 this afternoon, it's now 8.04 here in, uh, in the man cave. At 2.30, I will be at the, um, coronary PET scan facility. It's a 45, I learned it's a 45 minute, uh, procedure and I'm in the tube, in the CAT scan tube with injected with this radioactive dye. And, um, there's also, they are also going to, um, medically induce a, sp- a stress test by speeding up my heart rate and, and, mm-hmm. and seeing how it, it handles a, a higher, you know, a higher pace. Um, my heart rate, my resting heart rate is in the mid forties, which is, and I think 50 is kind of a, a target line. So, you know, anything lower than 50 is either a problem or, It's kind of a a twofold thing, and Nigel, I wish he was on, could explain this better. But um, most elite athletes who do a lot of training and a lot of cardio will have a resting heart rate in the 40s. A lot of long, you know, a lot of distance runners, like the Kenyans, their heart rates are probably extremely low. Um, So, but I do a lot of cardio, and I've been doing it for a long time, and so my resting heart rate has always been in 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 the mid 40s or so. So that's not surprising and um so they'll 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 take a look at me in the resting mode i'm sure they'll speed it up they're going to they're going to follow the uh the markers and then i'll have done all my tests i'll have done i've done the, the the heart monitor for 5 days i did the four ultrasounds and now i'll have done the pet scan and in a week from a week from today on the 22nd i will be in a meeting with the cardiologist to figure out what exactly has been going on and what the next steps are. And luckily I have to say I'm, I'm lucky because I'm feeling good about all this because, um, I feel good about, you know, I'm, I'm not ha- you know, I'm, I'm able to exercise. I'm able to, to do all this stuff and, and, and walk and not, you know, without pains in my legs or pains in my chest and, you know, knock on wood. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping what, what we're going to find is that while I do have a lot of plaque, that it's not in the wrong place. And if it is in the wrong place, that there's not a lot of it in the wrong place. Um And then because if there is, and that'll mean some kind of next steps that will involve an angioplasty or a stents or whatever. But um so the good news would be, yes, there's plaque, but your pipes are clear. So let's just work on, you know, keeping it at bay and continue down the road you're on. Which is the diet and the exercise program? Which I must say, I feel not only like I've lost the seven pounds and the blood pressure is decent, but as we were discussing before, I feel like I have a whole new collective calm that has been coming over me from walking every day and doing and, and eating differently. I just I feel better. Not only do I feel better physically, but I feel better mentally too.
0: So, we'll see. That's fantastic that to hear.
1: We'll see where all this goes. It-
0: We are with you 110%, all of your friends here in Lincoln and across the United Kingdom who listen to this either uh, when it's transmitted on Siren or whether they pick it up on the podcast. We wish you all the very best for your session this afternoon, reminding you, everybody listening, that this is a Wednesday recording this week and you're having it at uh, just on two o'clock, your time, uh, Wednesday afternoon. So, Bruce, thank you very much indeed for being with us today. We wish you all the very best and we cannot wait to make contact with you next week to find out exactly uh, how plucked up or otherwise you are. <laughs> well, hopefully
1: not too clogged up, Andrew. I look forward to being here, and we'll be able to report the results and see where this whole thing is going. And hopefully, it'll be in a in in a, in a good direction. And oh, uh, one bit of news: my daughter, I told you, was was pregnant with our sixth grandchild, and we just learned last night it's going to be a girl. So it'll be it'll be three boys and three girls. And we have our, our youngest son who got married just a few years ago. Now is uh, we need him to break the tie. So, <laughs> uh, so no pressure. We'll, uh, so we'll keep, keep people posted on that over the, next, over the coming months. Absolutely. But uh, I look forward to speaking with you. Everybody, as always, stay well, stay safe, stay healthy in Lincoln. And look forward to speaking with you next week.